Good morning. It is Thursday, April 15th, and this is the Commuter Devotional. My name is Chuck, and I'm so glad that you've decided to join us today as we seek to engage our God in Scripture and prayer before the busyness of our day begins. It is Thursday, and our week is just chugging along. We've spent three days in the book of Mark this week, and today I just want to remind us where we're headed. This week, tomorrow, we are going to come to the kind of crowning verse of all of Mark. If you were to open up any commentary on the book of Mark and it had at the very beginning the theme verse for the book, well, it's the verse that we're going to hit tomorrow. So as we think about Mark this week, and especially our passage today, we want to be laser focused on the main themes that we've seen in this book of Mark. I want to remind us and go back and see that in the first eight chapters, Jesus was all about revealing his ministry. He said, I came to preach repentance and proclaim the gospel. And we had that burning question of, what is the gospel? And through a series of different passages throughout all the first eight chapters of Mark, we found out Jesus is the gospel. Jesus himself is the good news. After our big kind of shift at the end of chapter 8 and going into chapter 9, when Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ, we see that Jesus says multiple times that he must die. This idea of being the Christ is being completely flipped on its head for the disciples. They expect one thing, but Jesus is sort of preaching another. So that's where we are in this book of Mark. And Our passage today is really going to set the frame for tomorrow. So let me read it for us. I'll pray, and then we'll dive right into it. This is Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 41. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. And Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, We are able. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand, or at my left, is not mine to grant, but it is for those whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, now as we turn our minds and our attention to your word, Lord, help us today to not look at this passage as just one that goes past that we're going to forget about by the time tomorrow comes, or maybe even our lunch break comes. Lord, this passage, like all others, are so important to this gospel of Mark. We are reading the story of God come on earth as a man to die for us. Help us to pay attention. Help us to see the details. Help us to see how Mark is formulating this masterful narrative about Jesus. Lord, we pray for clarity today. Amen. This passage is actually kind of astonishing, isn't it? After all we've been through, seeing the disciples' relationship with Jesus, James and John have the nerve to ask Jesus a question. 
Well, it's not even a question. They want him to do whatever they ask of him. Could you imagine? It's just remarkable to see how they phrase it. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. If we had just taken this phrase out and I just threw it to you and said, who do you think said this? You might have said the Pharisees or one of the other religious leaders, but it's not them. It's James and John, two of the closest disciples to Jesus, witnesses to the resurrection of the girl from the dead, the transfiguration of Jesus on top of the mountain, James and John asking the teacher to do whatever they ask of him. It's like when you're a little kid and you go up to mom and dad and say, hey, I want you to say yes, okay, to whatever I ask of you. You're going to say yes, okay? It's kind of what James and John are doing here. What they want of Jesus is to grant them a seat and glory, one on the left and one on the right. It doesn't take much knowledge or detective work to understand what they mean. They know that Jesus is headed for glory and they want a piece of it. They want to be at the front, one right on his left hand and one right on his right. Jesus' response at first is a bit puzzling. He says, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism which which I am baptized? Of course, we know because we already know the full story that Jesus is talking about the cup of death, the baptism of death on a cross. James and John answer him, we are able. Jesus says to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink, and the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or my left is not mine to grant. And so, Jesus tells them, You will die. And James and John, they don't really know what that means yet, but we know from church history that James is actually the first disciple that is martyred for the faith. And John is the one who is exiled to an island all by himself to die alone. My friends, as we go today and we think about this passage, let's think about what actually happens. James and John ask to be at the left and the right of Jesus in his glory. When in fact, Jesus is at the height of his glory. The people on his left and right are thieves, criminals, murderers, ones who are mocking him as he's dying for the sins of the world. The disciples still don't get it. In this passage, we're told that the other disciples got indignant at James and John, and of course we can understand why. They all want a piece of Jesus' glory. And surely they're just jealous that James and John had the gall to ask for it first. But the truth is, none of the disciples understand what Jesus is all about. They don't understand what it means for him to come into glory. They don't understand his predictions of a death and resurrection. All this talk of being first and last and a servant to all, it makes no sense to the disciples. So let us meditate on this as we go today. The height of Jesus' glory is when he's surrounded by criminals, mocked, pierced, crucified, made fun of, spit on. This is the glory that Jesus is headed for. Let's pray together as we close. Our Father in heaven, as we meditate and reflect on this passage, like we've said a few other times on this podcast, it's so easy for us to misidentify the disciples, to think, 
How crazy James and John are to ask a question of Jesus like that. To understand the attitudes of the other disciples towards James and John. And yet we think that we wouldn't have asked or wanted to ask a similar question of Jesus if we were around you during your ministry. Lord, we know that our hearts are not far from how the disciples are reacting here. They don't get it. And how often do we not get it? Our King, the Savior of the world, came to die, to suffer, to become the lowest of the low for us, to raise us up by becoming death itself. Lord, by death you crushed death. By becoming sin, you crushed sin. Oh God, we worship you. Our hearts overflow in adoration for who you are and what you did for us. God, help us today to meditate and wrap our minds around this glorious truth that by becoming low, you were exalted to the highest glory. We love you, Father. Bless us as we go today. Help us to glorify you in all that we do and honor your name. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Go in peace. I will see you tomorrow.